0: Hello and welcome to Mind Care, a podcast where we address the issues surrounding adverse childhood experiences. This podcast aims to provide hope, answers, and support to take away the stigma of childhood trauma.
1: Hi everyone, Rochelle here and Dr. Dana Phyllis Saint welcoming everyone back to another episode of Mind Care. Today's topic is how to address the physical symptoms of trauma from a health perspective. Now, we're still sticking with the Trauma at Home series, and I hope you guys have been enjoying these podcasts. Now, this podcast aims to provide hope and answers and take away the stigmas of childhood traumas. Dr. Dana Phyllisaint is a professional counselor whose focus is on childhood traumas. Hi, Dr. Dana Phyllisaint. Hello, and welcome back. Wow. So today is an amazing – we're still talking about the trauma at home. And so today's topic is how to address the physical symptoms of trauma. So, of course, the first question is, what are the physical symptoms of trauma?
0: That's a good question, of course. So, you know, everyone reacts to trauma differently, no doubt, no doubt about that. Um, but a lot of us know most of the emotional reactions that come with trauma, but there are quite a few physical symptoms as well. And so um, this is great that we're talking about the physical symptoms. So some, some of the common ones, here are some of the common ones. Um, things like insomnia, you know, uh, nightmares, mm-hmm. night terrors, uh, racing heartbeat, and even high blood pressure some people might experience. And if you're a diabetic, that individual might have a hard time trying to balance out their blood sugar level, uh, some research shows. Even um, aches, body aches, and pain for no particular reason at all. Withdrawal uh, from you know, social situations or even personal relationships are interrupted. Uh, mm-hmm. Hyper arousal of just being alert, always at a state of alertness. Um, feeling numbness at times in their body and muscle tension, even their uh, mental health but cognitive processing issues Uh, some of them have issues with, like concentration with memory or even problem solving and um, headaches. Uh, There are some individuals that also report digestive issues and even chronic health conditions, not at all related to injuries, but just due to the stress. And so there's tons of physical symptoms that are very common for people during, after, you know, trauma has taken place.
1: Okay, so you talked about this um, during, um, be- before, and after. So I guess the next question would be, when do these physical symptoms of trauma usually start to manifest themselves in someone's body?
0: Okay, so this is, this is all after, okay, or even during okay. the, the uh, trauma. But research, when it comes to looking at trauma, indicates that children are especially vulnerable to physical impact of trauma because their brain is still developing. So children experience uh, a heightened level of stress, and particularly, of course, during the event, but their body, even afterwards, might release some hormones due to stress and fear that's associated with it. And so there's a disruption in normal brain development, and that leads Mm -hmm. to chronic pain, or even physical pain at any age. So there's no real tied, age-connected, depends how the body reacts and at the time that it reacts to some of those symptoms, uh, a prolonged period of stress brings on a lot of these physical elements as well.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, now you talked about chronic pain. So first of all, I need you to explain what chronic pain is, and then um, how is chronic pain connected with trauma?
0: Okay, so, you know, studies have shown that chronic pain might not only just be with the physical uh, injury. That's typically what is associated most of the time. But stress and emotional issues can bring about uh, chronic pain. And chronic pain is defined as a long, a prolonged physical pain that lasts for mm-hmm. longer than natural healing process should allow. So people mm-hmm. who suffer from pain will experience the pain even in the absence of injury in the, in the absence of inflammation. When they you know do tests to see if there's any other situation, in their blood their blood uh, level might be normal. Um, and it's it's you know has nothing to do with the physical elements that the body might have from the nerves and so forth. It's just they feel that this debilitating pain or discomfort, uh, you know, have problem with with moving around, you know, like like they should normally. So chronic pain is associated with you know feeling the feeling of of hopelessness, depression, anxiety because of, of trauma. So this type of pain really sometimes referred as psychosomatic pain, um, and uh, Mm -hmm. it's one of those where it's not related to injuries, but because of these emotions that's so heavy upon the person that they actually can feel it physically.
1: Okay, so you talked about psychosomatic pain. So um, can you explain what that is? And then um, how does the stress of trauma bring about this um, psychotraumatic pain?
0: Okay, so you know this study that shows that the more anxious a person is, the more stressed a person is, the more tense and constricted their muscles become, Um, and these cause the muscles to become, um, you know, very fatigued over time, or you know, not able to do the work that it should be doing because of this Mm -hmm. this discomfort it has. There's a physical pain that brings that comes uh, that brings about this psychosomatic, Um, but it's typically related to stress. It's not. a physical ill injury that a person experienced. Um, and so, you know, studies when they look at psychosomatic, it's a really good uh, way of looking at the body and the mind working together, really, you know. And so a lot of the studies on trauma itself give us a good indication of how you can see the mind and the body are very much connected, where one is impacted and the other kind of just come along with the pain as well. So. Um, that's, that's the whole psychosomatic
1: part of it. Okay. Now, I know, and I'm sure our listeners have heard of this, but we're t- talking about cognitive um, behavioral therapy. How does cognitive behavioral therapy help um, with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, this kind of trauma?
0: All right. So that's actually the, the number one most common treatment for psychosomatic pain. Um, it is cognitive mm. behavioral so cognitive behavior therapy, what it does is it actually helps the person to analyze, to examine, and to, you know, even form belief systems that, that can really give them a good indication of what their health and physical symptoms are all about. And it also helps them to reduce their stress. It helps them to cope and address, you know, a lot of the psychosomatic issues or physical ailments that they have. It's it, A good psychotherapist, um, uh, not psychotherapist, but cognitive behavior therapist will ex- actually examine the lifestyle of the individual as well, giving them some cause and effect issues and helping to analyze you know, what are some of the cause and effect of some of their situation. Um, and then also look at ways to reduce preoccupation with their symptoms, um, reduce the avoidance of situations. Some people might be avoiding a lot of situations as a result because of the discomfort that they have um, due to the physical situation, uh, physical pain that they're experiencing, Mm -hmm. so it also helps them to improve their daily functioning at home, at work, in a relationship, in social situations, and of course it addresses any other, you know, mental health uh, disorders or even depression that individuals might come across. So it's, it's, when used properly, it's phenomenal, and there's tons of research on cognitive behavior therapy and the benefits of that.
1: Oh, wow. Um, now I know this podcast is all about providing hope and answers. So in your response, you touched on lifestyle approaches, and so can you provide for our listeners what are some lifestyle approaches that um, they can consider to help provide some relief for some of these physical symptoms of trauma?
0: Okay, and so of course this is, this information is to give people more education for so educational mm-hmm. purposes. Of, if they're deciding to change anything in their lifestyle you know, or their physical health, make sure that you consult with your physicians if you're listening to this mm-hmm. podcast or you change anything. But there are eight areas that I would say, you know, if individuals rightly analyze their life, um, see how they can place those in, in the right order so that they can have the benefits of physical health as well. Um, and there's an acronym that many people remember it by. It's called God's Plan. Um, and the G stands for something, the P stands for something, and so forth, Uh, and so forth and so on. So, for example, uh, godly trust is the first one. So, you know, the Bible talks about how we need to uh, lean upon his strength and, you know, turn our stressors over to him because he wants to help us. You know, a good indication of that is found in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. God wants us to come to him and share our burdens with him, right? So then is open air. Um, you know, there's tons of studies, again, that talk about how we get so much benefit when we take deep breaths and, and, and ha- actually have, um, you know, open air outside, fresh air coming into our lungs and it impacts our brain to give us clarity of thought. And then D is daily exercise. So not only exercise when you feel like it, but daily exercise is important uh, for mm-hmm. this Research on how exercise improves mental health and your mood. Um, you know, doing, your ex- doing exercises, your body releases chemicals that can improve your mood and make you feel more relaxed. So, again, we're talking and dealing with the stress issue that we have. And so it reduces the risk for people even experiencing depression and those kinds of things. So that's um, O. And then S would be sunshine. Sunshine is important. We know that exposure to sunlight uh, is taught to increase the brain releases of hormone called serotonin. You know, serotonin is associated with mm-hmm. boosting your mood and helping the person feel better and to be able to focus more. So that's important as well. Um, another would be proper rest. So important. We can't undermine or underestimate the value of a good night's rest. So eight seven to eight hours of good night's rest is found to be very beneficial, preferably if you do it before midnight, you know, um, a lot of times people wait till their body is so tired and they're trying to fall, finally fall asleep. And, you know, by that time, too, a lot of t- uh, the benefits of rest they don't get. Um, and so that's another one. And L would be lots of water. You know, our body, I don't know if many people are aware of that, is made up of over 60% of water, our whole entire body. So according to, like, journals from biological chemistry, the brain, the heart, combined, it makes up like 75% water, the lungs, like 83% water, the skin, 64% water, and the muscles and the, the kidneys, 79%, the bones. You know, so everything about our body needs water to function to survive. And so when we give it water, it helps the healing process as well. So we can't undermine the need for, you know, good water um, another one is always temperance. You know, people always ask me, what is temperance? Temperance is abstaining from things that are bad. I mean, we're talking about alcohol and smoking, tobacco, those kinds of things, right? And then, but moderation in things that are good. So that, that's when self-control comes in. And also learning when to say no, learning when to say it's enough, learning when to say, I'm done, stop. You know, those kinds of things, that's all about temperance as well. And the last of that acronym is nutrition. So uh, there's tons of research, again, that talks about how eating a well-balanced diet of grains and seeds and vegetables and fruits are good for our brain and our our body to function very properly. Um, And if if we provide our body with the right nutrients, you know, we get the energy that we need to keep our body active throughout the day, and these nutrients will help our body to to not only grow but to repair itself when it needs to. So it help us to stay strong and get to the healthier state. So, I mean, there's so much we can talk about, you know, when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle. But I think for our listeners, you know, just remember that, you know, these are very good lifestyle changes that they can make with the help of their physicians. So it's look at ways they can improve their self overall, physical, mental, and spiritual as well.
1: Wow, those are definitely some fantastic points, Dr. Dana Sillisane. I think one of the takeaways, at least for me, was you know, realizing that the body is a unit. It's not just one piece, but they all have to work together. So that's definitely amazing. Um, and for our listeners, don't forget, if you want to um, review everything, you can definitely go to the website, mindcare.us, for resources and additional information. Um, Dr. Dana, do you have any final closing points for today?
0: that's all if we if our listeners have any questions feel free to like, as mentioned contact us but you know a lot of things that we do in our sessions uh, is to, to make sure that we go deep not only the, the mind but we, we talk about the physical health as well as the spiritual health which i believe is all uh, very much important for well-being
1: absolutely and don't forget to like and subscribe see you all in the next episode bye
0: We'll